0: My goal is to educate and inspire, and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 125 Sober Girls Guide podcast. On today's episode, we talk to Daisy. Now, Daisy's story is really unique because she got sober before she was even legal to drink. Yes, Daisy got sober at the young, tender age of 20 years old. Daisy also talks about her sexuality and how that influenced her drinking and using. This is such a great episode, so let's get to it. Deeper sleep, younger looking skin, more money in your wallet, slimmer waistline, zero hangovers. These are just a few of the perks you have to gain by going booze free. Head over to asobergirlsguide.com and take the 30 days to gain booze free challenge to see all you have to gain and more from putting the bottle down for 30 days. You will receive daily motivational, inspirational, and educational emails along with two daily worksheets to keep you accountable. Head to asobergirlsguide.com now. Hi, Daisy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. How is life in uh, New York City?
1: It's good. I'm actually moving um, in like two weeks. So the apartment is just an absolute disaster. Um, But it's nice. out. It's green out. So I'm going on more walks and just like trying to not, you know, feed the wolf that is anxiety about moving.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anxiety moving. Yeah. They go hand in hand for sure. Um, What is, and New York seems to be like opening back up again, as far as like COVID goes,
1: how can you explain a little bit on that? Yeah. I mean, I finally feel like there's some levity in the air. I think Mm -hmm. at least all throughout the winter, there was just kind of this cloud of missing people Um, and now that we can you know, go to the park and see a lot of people around who are also with their loved ones or like maybe they've, you know, haven't seen their loved one in a long time and just are celebrating. There are a lot of like engagement parties in the park. It's like, obviously, I don't know, wedding season. I mean, I've never been to a wedding, but I think it's season. And so there are like a lot of engagement parties happening. Yeah. Um and So it's just, It's nice, like, you know, bars are reopening, but all outside and restaurants. So it's just like, I'm so glad that a lot of those spaces survived COVID (sighs) that I loved before, you know? Jeez, totally. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice to see, like, spring has sprung in all aspects, right, of our community. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's just, like, many more opportunities to go and experience joy. I think like, there's only so much you can do digitally. Like you can go to Zoom birthday parties and like, you know, a lot of people like friends of mine were like, I don't even want to celebrate my birthday over Zoom. It'll just like make me sad,
0: Yeah, you know? And
1: like everyone's feeling Zoom fatigue and now it's just, oh, you can start like (laughs) rallying the troops to a certain (laughs) degree, you know? So that's just I don't know. It feels so good, you know? Yeah,
0: definitely. Definitely. So I wanted to talk about your uh, recovery journey and I know you got sober when you were about 20, right? Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: Can you take us back into what life was like before you got sober?
1: Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I grew up with, You know, um, a lot of people had substance use disorders in my family Mm. Um, and a lot. I have a few family members who have, you know, gotten really sick from it. And so there's just um, I knew that was there. And Mm. when I was like 12 or 13 and started drinking, it was normal, I think, in my town. But I think the difference, I mean, it was like suburbia. You know, I think Mm. everybody was just so bored. Um, I think the difference was just like, Hey, I, it was never enough. Like, even if I had had, you know, however many drinks, it was never enough. And be like, I'd feel really, really bad the next day, just like devastated and not knowing what to do with those emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas other people, other kids, oh my, God, my children yeah. <laughs> were, drinking and you know saying okay let's like do it again tomorrow and like everybody can just wake up super like feeling absolutely horrible and just like are happy to go to the diner and like you know pretend nothing happened the night before whereas I just felt like completely devastated and I had no idea why and I think it was just mm-hmm. there's a there was a chemical reaction in my brain that was like alcohol goes in like depression comes out and like
0: mm-hmm. that
1: was my entire like using career. Um, And, you know, I went in and out of, you know, drinking and not drinking or using and not using. And when I turned um, 18 and I started to, you know, I came out to my family as gay. I start like Tinder was starting to become a big thing. And I was finally like of the age where I think I could join Tinder. Like, I don't think you could at the time could join when you were 17 or like I I felt like I had too much integrity to lie. Um, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I was like, I'm, you know, I'll just wait until my 18th birthday and like immediately signed up for Tinder. Um, I like didn't know any queer people. And I was like, that's where they are. Yeah. And I started going on dates and I just, I met this woman who was a bit older than me and she was friends with a lot of like cool, like artists, you know, just like, mm-hmm. All of that. I don't know. Um, I don't even know how to describe it. Just people who used a lot and said it was like artistic expression, you know? And Right. I, yeah. It's art. They're like, I can build a tree house in my house because I was like, you know, feeling so inspired when I was, you know, high or whatever it is. It's just like absolutely ludicrous. Um, but I started drinking again because I finally felt like I, had community, um, I always felt like I liked the older kids, you know, I always liked that. Like when I was even 12, I was like, wanted to be a teenager so badly when I was a teenager, I wanted to be like a young adult so badly. Um, and I think that never like served me with my drinking. Cause I didn't, I didn't understand that there were limits and that, you know, I, I had no threshold for, you know, the reality that I was a kid. Um, so anyway, yeah, I started drinking and using again and it just quickly spiraled really, really, really fast. I hadn't had, I hadn't drank in like four years. I was homeschooled, you know, I was trying really hard to work on high school, you know, get that done. And um, I was at home a lot where got really close to my mom. Um, but yeah, it like quickly spiraled. Like the second that I, you know, had alcohol back in my life, it was just a disaster and it was really, you know, I mean, aside from the using, it was just emotionally really, um, really dark, and I and I didn't know what to do. I felt completely out of control, and um, you know, I mean, I was fortunate enough to, you know, was introduced to a therapist and a psychiatrist who, like, absolutely changed my life and like saved my life, these, you know, recovery coaches. Um, but not everybody has that. Um, and I think without those resources, um, it would have been really hard. Like I really empathize with people who don't or I sympathize for people who aren't, you know, don't know where to access that and don't have that. So
0: yeah,
1: that was kind of my journey. Where did, it's a where did find, yeah.
0: Where, do, where did you find those, those resources to help you through yeah,
1: so I mean, at the time, I don't. I mean, it felt like the two options were like twelve step programs, and then nothing else you would continue using. Like those, yeah. those were kind of like the options that were proposed to me. Were like either you go into a twelve step program, or you know, it won't work because you're not working it. You know, like you won't get sober. Totally. Because you're not it. it's like, yeah, and I totally. I mean. I was lucky in that I had a cousin who was a therapist and she wrote into like her therapist network listserv was like, hi, I have this niece who's looking for a psychiatrist. She's, you know, struggles with a substance use disorder and needs support. And I got this psychiatrist who was just fantastic. Like he's mm. amazing. He suggested my therapist, um, but even working with them, I didn't get sober until a year after that. So I was doing very intensive oh. therapy, but I was drinking super heavily. Like, sure. I cut out some of the other substances that were really you know, toxic for me, but I just thought alcohol was um, less bad. I was like, yeah. well, you know, it could be worse. Totally. And, um, you know, I was still drinking for that year with them and I tried different moderating techniques. I had like even a spreadsheet that I had printed out that I would like bring out with me when I was drinking that, or like at a bar that was like, have you like, have you had one drink? Ha- uh, have you had a snack in between your next drink? And I remember like doing all the things like writing Sharpie on your arm of like one drink, two drinks. Like, I, Wait, you and, like, brought like, out I, a spreadsheet to the my, Literally like, in my spreadsheet. I, mean, like, I would, yes, my therapist, like, the if you have- more than one drink, like you text me. And I just obviously would have more than one drink and I would never text her. Like, right. you know, I that felt, I mean, <laughs> at the time I was like, why would I do that? You know, and then I'd, yeah. I'd go to therapy and she'd be like, well, I didn't hear from you. And I'd be like, well, yeah, I failed the test. What am I going to do? Text you like- yourself? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was really lost. I was really lost and I really had trouble. Personally moderating. Like at the time, yeah. um, that's what it looked like for me. It was like each time that I would try to stick to one drink or beer, like I just couldn't do it. And there are people out there who I believe can, depending on, you know, yeah. where the severity of your, you know, alcohol use disorder is like there's a huge spectrum, you know. And I think that for me, moderating was just impossible um, at the time. And then finally I was told like, okay, go into AA and just go every day for the next week. And I had recovery coaches who were great. I was in AA for six months. And then I was just like, well, I want to go to this party or this. I had a friend who was in a band and I remember some friends from the program saying to me, you know, if you go, like, you'll be making a really big mistake, you know, like, if you go, what are the chances that you won't drink, like, very low, or very high, I don't know what I was, (laughs) anyway, it was basically, like, you're going to, yeah, Yeah, basically, you're going to drink, you would be, you're not, like, whatever, you're not staying true to your program if you go, and it was a wake-up call for me, I went, anyway, I had a friend who was, like, I'll go with you, We'll have Red Bull and we'll dance and no matter what, like we'll leave, no questions asked. And I went and I had like the time of my life <laughs> I had like the most fun that I'd had in ages. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, like, I know there's so many sober like events that are very fun. Like I would go to the sober conferences, like I would do all that, which was super fun, Yeah. but I was really missing being, um, in a space that was, you know, I missed being in a bar. Like I was like, you know what? I miss the energy. I miss seeing a concert. Like that is something that I do. And mm-hmm. um, I was like, wow. And I didn't drink and I had a blast. And I am, um, you know, that actually became like integral to my sobriety was yeah. going out and kind of partying. And regardless if I was drinking or not, you can still party. Um, oh, yeah. like there's no there's I think that was a huge misconception that I had beforehand I was like I'll never party and (laughs) that was just so not the case at all you know um but then I said to my therapist I was like okay well I'm like A Friday and Saturday like what if I want to go to the bars and what if I you know she's like there's no rules like there's no right or wrong of what you can and cannot do um Mm. whatever you sober and joy was like keeping me sober um wow yeah so then I just started doing like intensive therapy on the weekdays and (laughs) and going out and having a really good time and dancing on the weekends and it was just it worked for me, you know, that was what worked yeah. like therapy, Western medication and joy, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, if you're not enjoying your sobriety, like, I don't think that's really true sobriety. Like there, yeah. there has to be something more like it, it shouldn't just be hard and like trudging through mud, like all the time. Like there has to be, it is still life like we still need to like keep it spicy and find joy like we're we're not dead yeah for sure so how did it how did it feel like okay everyone in AA is telling you like oh my god Daisy if you go to this party you're gonna drink you're not gonna be working your program and you kind of you you prove them wrong so how did that feel like going back into AA after that
1: yeah. I mean, I felt a lot of shame and unfortunately yeah. I had some social situations that are like my group of friends was, um, fairly, like we became really disconnected. Like all of a sudden our wires, just like our, our trains just like missed each other where yeah. I was wanting to go on dates, um, which was another thing that was like, you can't date in your first year, which you totally get like, I yeah. get you know, working on yourself and having relationships can be incredibly distracting or, you know, disorienting. Mm -hmm. And they were for me, like relationships, like they were not like the best relationships my first year of sobriety. But for me, I really had to go through that um, Mm -hmm. to be able to like finally understand or like learn more about who I am in in romantic relationships, who I am in like my identity and sexual identity. Yeah. Um, And I mean, I think all of these things, all of these suggestions, um, that I was defined, like not dating in the first year going to, you know, places where I used to drink or wherever this was, you know, whatever it was, um, I felt really like that, that started to be, I was like, this is working for me or this is my path. And a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of folks were, um, uncomfortable with that they didn't know what to make of that and they were like you know didn't maybe trust me or didn't trust that i would stay sober um and it worked out you know it i i think that my path was this way for a reason um yeah yeah
0: i think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023 say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flour, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally, and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to VibeGummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E, gummies.com. That's so awesome. I mean, sometimes you, you just kind of have to forge your own way. You know, these rules aren't made for everyone, and every you know, recovery system is not a one-size-fits-all
1: yeah. And it's I think that, yeah. And I, and I think also, you know, there's so much like something that I also had to kind of go through the growing pains of is like, life doesn't stop happening when you get sober. So like crazy intense or traumatic things happen and like getting through those without drinking, I was like, wow, okay. Something else comes up in my life. Like I get bit and, um, I think something that I really value now is like my life hasn't stopped with like the happy things too. You know, mm-hmm. like not only do you have to like go through all of the shitty things um, yeah. and get through those sober, but there's also like the happy things that happen and like you can really enjoy them. Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I have like an awesome partner, and like that was something that now I can show up for her. I can show up for our relationship being sober which yeah. is, like, I would not have been able to when I was drinking. Like, no way. I just couldn't That's huge. That is, like, yeah. such a gift, too, yeah. to be able to
0: show up and, and be, like, your true self for someone else, too, and, like, hold that space for someone else. I think it's just such a huge responsibility.
1: Yeah. I mean, and the cool thing is that, like, I – I trust that if I were to ever have, you know, an urge to drink, if we were out, like she would pull me out of the bar, you know, like there's no doubt in my mind. Um, And a lot of the relationships I had when I was drinking were, you know, unfortunately, I don't know if all the people, if all of them would do that. Like, I I really, I don't know. I, I think I had a lot of friends where if I wanted to drink, like, they wouldn't have pulled me out of the bar, you know, and she absolutely wouldn't. The friends who stuck around are the ones who would absolutely do that. Yeah. You know, so wow. it's, it's good. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the dates that I went on in early sobriety, I'm sure if I said to the person across the table with me, like, yeah, I'll order something. They'd be like, great. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so well, it
0: seeks its own level, you know, they, they want yeah, to be totally. at their level. Right. Yeah. I get yeah. It. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to also touch on um, like sexuality and, you know, you, you came out at a really young age too. How did that, was that intertwined in your sobriety and how did that affect your recovery?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that for a few reasons, I think Mm -hmm. one of them was um, I felt really um, connected to women and I felt Mm -hmm. like there was the stakes were higher, um, when it came to dating them. And so when I first got sober, the idea of, um, having authentic relationships with women where I was completely sober, completely experiencing this was like terrifying to me. I was like, they will keep it real. Like, I don't know if I can do that because I'm newly sober. I am figuring it all out. And, um, I was scared. I was like, I can't, I can't access that like open heart. Like I really can't have to on is like the next hour mm-hmm. and the thought of like, you know, having a date with someone um, who I could potentially like really, I don't know, feel vulnerable with is yeah. it was just like, I, I, I couldn't access that. And I, for the first time, like, in my life, or since I was, like, 14, um, was start to date men, and it was, it was really confusing. I I was, like, I, um, this is, because there's no emotion here, I felt more comfortable. I was, like, that distance, that, like, you know, they won't violate me. Like, I'm not scared of them because like, they're not going to get close. I'm not going to get close to them. So I won't risk the potential of any boundaries being crossed. And that was really interesting. I mean, it went on for several months and I, (laughs) I, you know, I'm glad that I went through that, especially in sobriety, because I think it brought a little, a lot of clarity of like, okay, why am I doing this? Like, what is the intention behind seeing men? Like at a certain, like to a certain point, it's like, yes, explore your sexuality isn't finite. And then on the other side of that, it's like, what are you running from? Like, what emotions am I running from that? Like having this completely like dissociated, like not I don't know, like running up against a wall relationship, like, um, that felt safe. And I was like, where, what is that? You know, I couldn't deal with more emotion and that felt really comfortable at the time. Um, so probably like seven months went by and then I was like, oh my God, I can't do this anymore. Um, I was, I don't really remember like what the breaking point was, but I think it was like, I'm exhausted from like I'm exhausted from emotions and trying to silence them and just have meaningless connections with people Mm -hmm. um yeah so I joined the rugby team (laughs) so (laughs) so naturally yeah I was like naturally I was like where do all the gay people go I think it's the rugby team and like Stonewall. So it was, so it was just, a. I have very, definitely been to Stonewall
0: and they are there. Yeah. Yes. I yes. <laughs> uh, haven't tried rugby, but okay.
1: I, I was not very good at rugby. Um, but I did make like some connections there. I mean, some people weren't that nice, I, uh, yeah. but there were definitely a lot of queer people there and I did make friends through them and, you know, um, yeah. So it ended up working out, but so
0: you, you got the job done. You weren't, you weren't the best player on the team, but you came yeah. there, you, you got the mission. Exactly. Done.
1: <laughs> yes. I literally, it was so sad. I like, I pulled my groin and was like out for the season. Yeah. And it was like the most ridiculous thing. Like, we are in practice. I took one step back and I was like, oh my God, I've just pulled something. Meanwhile, like everybody else is getting like concussions and they're out for the season, like getting stomped on and out for the season. And here I was. I was like, ow. Like, oh <laughs> I'm not cut out for this. <laughs> like, I did community theater. Like, th- this is not me. <laughs> It in freaking Peter Pan like this is not the move no.
0: for me <laughs> oh my god that's so funny that's yeah. really cute that, that that that's what you like did like that's how you know you that's how bad you wanted to meet other like-minded people yeah I mean, you yeah to, you have to like you know congratulate yourself for making the effort and getting out there and
1: like you were committed girl. I was, I was like, I will pull a groin if it means getting one single date with a woman. Like, I was like, I just didn't, I mean, I really was, I needed community. I was like, yeah. I, I was always like the only queer person in my circle, um, mm-hmm. which I'm fine with. Like, because unfortunately, like none of my friends cared. They like, didn't, they weren't like, oh, Daisy's like the queer one. It was just always like, Daisy like all of us except she like whatever she dates girls like not even except just she dates girls yeah and there was something that I was like am I missing out on something like is there this whole community that I haven't accessed yet and will it be this revolutionary experience where I finally feel like I found my people and like the reality is No, like people are who they are. It doesn't matter if it does not matter if you're queer or, you know what I mean? Like, regardless of your sexuality, like they, like whoever it is may still be supportive of your sobriety, whoever it is, like Mm -hmm. still may not be supportive of like your emotional journey or like your dating journey. Like people are who they are. It doesn't matter whether you're queer or not, you know? So I, I obviously have queer friends, but yeah, you know. I, I don't, I think it just wasn't, it was always just who I was and people knew me as the person who dated girls, but it never felt like, um, intrinsic to like how I show up in, in my life, you know?
0: Yeah. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them Great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com slash A-S-G-G today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash A-S-G-G. Yeah, definitely. So, I was totally just picturing like like you looking for, for like friends, like running around New York looking for like uh, queer friends. And I just like pictured like, the gay version of sex in the city for some reason <laughs>
1: i mean i really tried i was like that I would be
0: amazing if movie. they remade like sex in the city but Honestly. like lesbians like make them gay
1: i feel like that's like the l word you know what i mean like yeah, kind of i don't know i'm but yeah. I, I would i would like to see a revamp of sex in the city with like i don't know what what queer actress do i like I don't know we can just I don't know I but anyway see, I would I would, I would like to see everything for sure
0: like yeah I that would be really funny I've also been watching a lot of sex in the city so that's where my head is at yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> definitely had a vision of myself as like the Carrie Bradshaw meet. meanwhile oh totally Like, I think that was always my perception myself. I think I saw myself as like this, you know, especially when I was drinking, I was like, I'm this charismatic, cool, confident, like all these things. And meanwhile, like, no, I mean, I think that's like still who, I mean, that's who I, I I feel like I still embody some of those qualities, but I don't, um, I think I don't have a skewed perception of myself anymore. It's like who I've grown into, not like what I was just throwing out there. Um, Hmm. just. I don't know. I feel like I've, I've grown into a lot of like the things that I had as a kid, like walking to the beat of my own drum or, you know, not being afraid to like, like I unicycled as a kid and like, I had no shame in just like being the unicycle kid, you know, and I've, I've embraced these, like, (laughs) you know, just like who I am as a person and like not, you know, but, um, I don't, maybe it wasn't authentic when I was. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I, I get, I get what you're saying. It's like, Sobriety kind of takes you home to yourself.
1: Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Cool. Um, I wanted to t- ask you how you practice your sobriety, like now, like on a daily basis, weekly. Like, what does that look like to you? When you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare, and Osea makes me and my skin. Feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skin care is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off
1: mm-hmm yeah um I think interestingly like a lot of what I you know do now are things that I you know helped me get sober in the first place you know mm. like kind of having that joy seeing a therapist seeing a psychiatrist mm. um and for me, like now there are all these communities, um, online, which I didn't know about years ago. Like now you go on Instagram and there's like all these non-alcoholic beverage brands. And it's like, Oh, I'm going to go to, you know, spirited away. And you know, that's a uh, non-alcoholic bottle shop in New York. And I was like, I'll just get try all the new things or like, and that's joy for me. Like being able to like, that keeps me sober. Um, or, you know, when I go out to restaurants, with my partner being able to just, like, ask the waiter for, you know, I'll say, like, have the bartender make me anything, you yeah. know, and that's, that's, like, doesn't have alcohol in it. And, like, yeah. that's something that keeps over because it – I don't feel like an afterthought. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like I'm embodying my sobriety. I'm just, like, I want to enjoy and indulge and, like, feel that kind of yeah you know, glamour that I think we see of, you know, these gorgeous cocktails – Um, and the other thing is like, like I mentioned, I mean, therapy has been so transformative for me. Like I really, I think that therapy is invaluable. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I'm, I've done, you know, dialectical behavioral therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, psychotherapy, psychodrama, like all these things that are just, it's, um, it's kept me sober because it, you know, it heals me from the inside out. You know, I think that's something that like we can take away the alcohol, but there's still all the stuff that comes up after like all these limited, limiting beliefs or all these patterns or, you know, traumas that we haven't uh, addressed yet. And that is that was still there. And typically that influenced like my drinking, obviously. Yeah. Um, so dealing with the stuff on the inside has <laughs> led me to be able to like function well on the outside um, and not drink. So that's pretty, those are like my three things, psychiatrist, therapist, fun. Fun. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In Um, short.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, finding joy is so, I think that's like one of our like lives purpose. Like that is why you are here to find out like what you enjoy do it and i think especially as women what we enjoy is constantly changing you know we're constantly changing and expanding and i say as women because women tend to like you know expand and and are in that self-awareness realm a little (laughs) bit more than dudes i mean not saying that dudes don't but we also have like hormones too that are like kicking at us and like just shit is always changing and evolving um Mm. so really like kind of keeping on keeping tabs of what brings you joy and just tapping into that is so so important
1: it's crazy yeah for sure i mean yeah i've i think it is underrated when it comes to you know sobriety we can talk about you know um all the different things that help people get sober, like whether that is a 12 star program, which is amazing for them, like who it works for yeah. great. Like there is no single modality for getting sober. You know, if that's physician care, if that's therapy, like yeah. it's all are great. And there's also like a huge aspect of like peer community, like joy and support. And that is just, you know, it's a huge piece of the puzzle um, mm-hmm. actually at, Monument, which I hope we get to at some point, is yeah. like our medical advisors. Um, he talked about um, how peer support is like arguably as important as the clinical care. Yeah. Um, and I think it's so true. I mean, it's been true for me. Like, without that piece, I mean, there's so many little puzzle pieces that have to come, that have to come together. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a huge one. So.
0: Yeah. I love, I love that you brought that up. Pure support is, is so, so important. I mean, even just I get messages every day on Instagram, just, just from people following like accounts and, and seeing the comments and seeing the support from other people who are going through it too, you know, just knowing that you're not alone and like there's people out here who are thinking and feeling the exact same way that you are. And it just really brings you together. It closes that, that gap, right? Like you're just not alone. You're not an Island.
1: Yeah. And I think now in like the digital world that I, you know, that we're living in, we have access to that. Like that, you know, I was, I was trying to think about, Oh, what, what was like my mom doing when she was like a kid? Like, how did people like, if you needed to find, like a like-minded community what did you do you know like now we can go on Instagram we can yeah we can you know google something um you know whether it's like a slack channel for you know women or whatever it is and going through x y and z um yeah and for my mom it was like going to Grateful Dead concerts and just like finding her people there and like road tripping around the states (laughs) (laughs) so that's one way to do it i was like she found her community and like you yeah. know that's pretty cool and now like we can all you know, fan fan people online who yeah. can you know you know stan accounts or whatever so
0: but i guess Find it's like community. the same thing like what your mom did with like grateful dead you did yeah. the same thing with like going to rugby you know trying yeah to no it's- like-minded people um to to be in community with and to like meet and you know explore with um I think I think finding your joy is the first step to also finding your community and finding other like-minded people
1: yeah I also think like if one community doesn't feel right, that's fine. You can always continue to like yeah. hop in a different community and explore. Like there's no, like, obviously like I didn't stand the rugby team. And like those yeah. people on the team are like not my best friends. Um,
0: yeah.
1: However, I gained a lot from that. And I had somebody else and that person met, you know, introduced me to somebody else who, you know. Um, so I think like uh, kind of when I think about AA, then it's like, I didn't find my community there. And that's not to say that I have not found sober people who I absolutely adore and who are a part of my network, you know? So I've just actively tried to continue like seeking out relationships and building my own little community, you know, it doesn't have to be defined by, you know, a program or a, you know, so.
0: Definitely. Um, I want to talk about Monument and
1: your role there.
0: Can you tell us about Monument and what uh, you guys do?
1: Yeah. Um, so interestingly, like the thing that I, when I saw an ad for monument about, I guess a year ish ago, a year and a half ago, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. I just emailed the support you know, the support email. And I was like, I need to work for you. Here's why I believe in your mission. Like your program has literally worked for me. Let's like, I need to work for you. I don't care what I do. And I ended up like sending a a few emails. Like they were like, we're still in beta. Like we haven't launched yet. And I was like, okay, well I'm gonna check in in a couple of months. And I just kept like, you know, reaching out, um, until I, uh, I was like, I will be your intern. Like, I, I don't care whatever you need. Like I will just, I will be your little shadow. And this is yeah. to my, you know, my boss, um, Amanda, who is the VP of marketing and it worked out. I mean, I, I interned there for about two months and then I was, you know, hired full-time as a content strategist and now the partnerships manager. So it's been a very robust year. Um, and yeah, monument. So we're basically we're a digital platform for anybody who's looking to change their relationship with alcohol. So like, no barrier to entry. Whether that's somebody who's looking to just cut back on their drinking, somebody who wants to get sober, which also resonates with me um, mm-hmm. as somebody who didn't find that one size, the one size that I was given, like fit me. You know, yeah, uh, totally. And so that's been really important, I think, in a lot of people who come into our, you know, um, we have an anonymous forum and free support groups and people who join are like, you know, they write in and are like, I'm looking to cut back and a couple of months later, maybe write in again and say, I've decided to, you know, work on sobriety. So I think just any, so it's been very interesting to see that, um, you know, we're open to anybody. It doesn't matter where you're coming from. Um, And so we have physician care, um, with medication options, therapy, and we work with actually insurance companies now. So that's very exciting. Like our goal is like low to no cost. Well, eventually no cost. Um, everybody deserves treatment and have to pay for it. Like we all deserve it, you know? So, um, that's really exciting. We have almost, you know, 20,000 members in our community. So since launching in May.
0: Yeah. Whoa. That's yeah. I mean, it's
1: really wild. Yeah.
0: Good for you. That's so awesome. I love how you just like, we're like, I got to get in there. I'll just answer <laughs> and like, just, just let me in.
1: I know. I feel like that meme of like, what's his name? Eric Andre, where he's like r- r- rattling the White House being like, let me in. Like that's <laughs> how I thought. I was just like, I just needed, I think I actually saw some uh, jobs on their, on Angel list for Monument. And I was like, totally not like, quote unquote, qualified. Like they, you know, yeah. I didn't have, I mean, I was coming out of college. I worked at a sober living for a year and um, I didn't necessarily have the direct experience in, you know, whatever the job was. I think it was community management. Yeah. And I just applied to, I think both jobs, just so at least like my resume would get in front of whoever the hiring manager it was. And then yeah. I just like, LinkedIn message. And I was like, hi, I have to see, you know, like, I really believe in their mission. Like I truly yeah. do. Like, I think right now, especially with like clinical care, it's really hard to find companies with integrity um, yeah. and to, you know, don't close the door on anyone. Um, And that's what I find really special about monument, especially our support groups. Like those have been, it's been so amazing to see. Um, We have them completely free for women, men, you know, the BIPOC community, the LGBTQIA plus community for you know loved ones um of folks in recovery so it's really a special place I feel very fortunate to work with them
0: yeah oh so awesome I love that I, know. <laughs> I love I know, you, like, like, you get to like work your passion and like get to like make money at it like that's I know, <laughs> special. I know.
1: so special I mean like how lucky You know, I mean, like, seriously, I think every, like, I had the, I'm grateful that, like, my, my sobriety, like, allowed me the capacity to, like, be able to um, bring a different perspective, you know, to the team. I mean, obviously, our CEO is, and co-founder, Mike, uh, it's basically, like, a productization of his own story to change his drinking, and, like, what worked Mm -hmm. for him is now the platform um, for a lot of people, and um, but I think like, had I not had had this like whole journey with getting sober, um, I don't think I would be able to bring the, you know, the little special lens that yeah. I think we, you know, sober people have or, you know, people in recovery. So I feel it's it's amazing.
0: Yeah. Your superpower.
1: Yeah. Seriously. Definitely. Oh, my God. <laughs>
0: Uh, Daisy, one more question uh, to anyone listening who is maybe looking to get sober or going through um, a tough time in their recovery what is one thing that you can uh, one piece of advice that you could give them
1: mm-hmm. hmm. I think one piece of advice is to you know know that Like the universe doesn't say no, it says like not yet, or I have better. So Mm -hmm. if you're having a really hard time staying sober and you feel like all the odds are against you, it's like Murphy's law, all this horrible shit is happening and you feel like nothing's working out. It's not a no, it's like not yet. Like, you know, good things are coming. Good things are coming. If you just keep walking through and not around it or i have way better that you just haven't even considered yet. So mm-hmm. i think just putting one foot in front of the other and knowing that you got to go through the hard stuff instead of going around it is you know the best advice that i was given. Sit with the discomfort, you know.
0: Yes. Oh, <laughs> i love that. That's so great. Thank Thank you, you. Daisy, so much for, for chatting and sharing your experience and wisdom. I really, really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: No matter how we get to this place of recovery, we all have a different story. We all have different pathways. But one thing remains the same. We all want peace. We all want to be sober. And we all want to recover. So no matter how you go about it, which pathway you take, please remember to stick to what is right for you. As always, thank you so much for listening. Couldn't do this without you. Please make sure to rate, subscribe, and leave your comments. We love to hear your feedback about the podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at A Sober Girls Guide. And don't forget the blog. Head to asobergirlsguide.com for our challenges, work books worksheets you name it we got it we even have you covered with sober girl merch thank you so much for listening and have a great day